Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, April 21st. It's six minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're listening this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. You can also watch on YouTube. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Let's talk about Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis for a minute. I know, shocking. We might talk about these two fellows. So Donald Trump appears to be crushing Ron DeSantis in a number of recent polls, and this happening before DeSantis has even entered a presidential race. So this is the latest Harris-Harvard poll, and they've got Trump leading DeSantis by 35 points. So Trump is at uh, 55% and DeSantis is sitting at 20%. But then you got Mike Pence, who's down there at 7%, and Nikki Haley and 5%, and and then the the others. I, I just, I love, so there's an article in the, uh, I think it's the Washington Times. Yeah. About that people around DeSantis are concerned about how far DeSantis is behind Trump, that Trump has moved up in the polls in recent months. I think they described it one person as that Trump has the foot on his throat in terms of DeSantis. And I read this stuff, and I just... Look, here's how I described it. Um, You may know this, Casey. I do an award-winning segment on Hammer and Nigel on Thursdays called Off the Rails. I've heard it. And here's how I described it. Casey, you have always been a strong, good Christian woman who I uh, hesitate to even ask, but have you ever been to a party of some sort in which alcohol was being served? <laughs> yes. Okay, so, and, and I'm talking... Believe it or not, Rob, I've even hosted a party. Well, yeah, gosh yes. darn it, we're just full of surprises Shocker. here today. But as such, when you were in your younger, or even these were more recent, I don't know, I've met you and your mans, you two like to have a good old time, so maybe this is more recent. You go to a party, Ryan, you can weigh in on this too, our producer in for Kevin today, because he bailed on us for his birthday. <laughs> and when you show up to the party, if you let's say you rolled in there about 10 p.m., you get there and there is one guy who he is just on fire. He's double fisting, mm-hmm. he's dancing, He's maybe already got his shirt removed. He's hopping on couches. He's shouting. And you're like, wow, that guy. He started early. Is the Yeah, and he is the life of the party, and he is having fun, and he is calling Terry Tina. And, I mean, it is just, you know, <laughs> that you're going, how am I going to keep up with this guy if you're not smart about party, party procedure, right? Yeah. Because... The guy who goes home with the girl at the end of the night is not lampshade on his head guy with his shirt <laughs> off at 10 p.m. No, because by 10.30, that guy is on the couch. He's face down on the couch. And yes. boy, he was way ahead of everyone else. And he was the life of the party. And he's the guy who ends up getting genitalia drawn on his head and shaving cream <laughs> all over his face because he came out strong, mm-hmm. but he couldn't plot his way through the evening. You know who goes home with two ladies on his arm? The one who can stand straight? Exactly. The guy yeah. who, he's, hey, yeah. He's starting slow, but by he's midnight, himself. Yeah, he's still going strong at midnight because that guy looks great to the women at 2 a.m. because he's still upright and can talk about what he does for a living. The guy, with the, the guy with the genitalia on his face gets nothing but terrible memories. 
And this is where our presidential race is. Trump's the guy with the lampshade on his head, his shirt off. He's calling Terry <laughs> Tina. He's dancing. He's having a great time. But it doesn't matter right now. None of it matters. There's no vote being cast. Votes will not be cast for whatever it is, another eight, nine months, uh, 10 months, whatever. It doesn't matter. So you're saying that Trump is the one who's going to have a big old headache soon <laughs> Just, and be really, really thirsty. May, may, and maybe not, Casey, maybe not. Maybe Trump sustains this. Maybe when DeSantis, if he gets in, is a terrible candidate. I don't know. DeSantis has said he is not going to announce anything until May. If DeSantis, DeSantis could, could start 30 points behind. Now, I think once DeSantis announces, he'll get a bump. Trump will probably be where he's been throughout most of this, probably with a somewhere between 10 and 15 point advantage by the time DeSantis is announced and then all the bump of his announcement is baked in. But all he's got to do is pull a couple points a month, just be presidential, talk about Florida, talk about the success, right? talk about his liberty and freedom agenda. You pull a person here, a person there. And all that really matters anyway is Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. And don't do anything right. stupid. Right. Right, 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 right. So the Trump super PACs, they're attacking DeSantis. That seems like a waste of money to attack a guy who's you're not even competing against yet. Well, you know, and let's go back to party etiquette here. If you're number one, you don't talk about number two. You know when you're the guy's losing and is when he's bad mouthing the competition, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, Daryl's money comes from his parents. He didn't earn that himself. If you're number one and you're in the lead and you don't have anything to worry about, you'd never talk about number two. It is. It really is sad how afraid Trump is of Ron DeSantis, given all the inherent advantages he starts with. I mean, it really is pathetic that they're spending this much time on. Attacking DeSantis? Right. Yeah. Well, because like we've mentioned before, when DeSantis gets in the race, he has his entire agenda that he can run on, his success stories. And Trump has a bunch of trials yeah. to run on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about something else that's very important, Casey. The blue checkmark people, uh, the day finally came. Yeah. The blue check mark legacy, what do they call them, legacy? Legacy accounts on Twitter. Had all the checks removed. They we said they were going to start winding those down on April 1st, and here we are 21 days in, and Twitter was kind of fun last night because all of these people who were losing their blue check yes. mark were starting to pop up. It, Lots of memes going around. Isn't that amazing that that, this is, it is really a great commentary on how far we have devolved as a society that losing your blue check mark, you didn't lose your account, all the followers you had before you still have, but some meaningless blue check, mm -hmm. which you can still reacquire right. for a measly $8 a month. Yes. That is what, uh, oh my gosh, the Pope lost his check mark. The like, what, well, he's going to stop being the Pope? Right. The Pope, Oprah Winfrey, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, uh, Christian Amanpour. Rachel Maddow, Bill Gates, and yeah. as you mentioned, the Pope all lost their check marks. You, you know who didn't lose a blue check mark? This guy. You right never here. had one to be Because I never had one. You know who didn't lose her check mark? 
this gal. Because you paid eight bucks a month. I do, and I'll tell you exactly oh, why yes. I pay eight dollars a month for it. Because occasionally, almost daily, I will post clips of this very broadcast yes. to my Twitter account. Yes, thank you for. And that. if you don't have the blue check mark, you can only post up to two minutes of oh. video. And uh, you know, because I'm a big team player. Yes. And I want this show to be successful. Sometimes we have longer video clips than two minutes. Right. Sometimes they're five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes. Yeah. And without that blue check mark, I can't post anything longer than two minutes. So I pay the $8 wow. out of my own pocket, uh-huh. not getting reimbursed. Yes. I do it for us, Rob. That's, That's why I have the blue check mark. Thank you. I wouldn't spend seven cents on this show, and so I really <laughs> appreciate you stepping up and doing that. You're welcome. Um, okay, let's take a break. Here's what we're going to do today. Yeah. We got, after my little uh, speech yesterday about property taxes, as we have pretty much every day, a cavalcade of calls uh, with people talking about how they're hurting, how they're getting screwed by the Republicans, how they're having to make very hard choices. So we're going to do two segments of voicemails. One segment on the property taxes, and then one on voicemails on the other variety of very entertaining topics that we do on this show. Great. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 18 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Two segments of voicemails today, one wholly dedicated to property taxes. And there were so many good voicemails, and so I decided to split them up because, of course, Indiana Republicans are totally screwing taxpayers on property taxes. We have made it very clear to you now that if you continue to vote for any incumbent Republican, this will just continue, and you ultimately have to make that choice. We can't make it for you. I have my approach to it. I know what's going to happen. It is going to continue to happen, and you have to decide how much your dignity and self-respect is worth for you. Thankfully, I think, uh, you know, I always go back and forth, Casey, because the politicians say nobody listens to him. Yet the very scientific numbers that judge our industry say, well, uh, we're number one in the money demo. So, you know, you've either got politicians saying nobody listens or the scientific ratings saying we're number one. I don't know. I'm going to go with the scientific ratings. I don't know. I mean, you know, (laughs) trust the science, right? That's what Holcomb told us all during COVID. You got to trust the science. Be noble. Uh, Trust the science. So we're going to play a bunch of calls about property taxes, about how other people are very upset that they're getting screwed. And this first call, I think what the Republicans are doing to the old people, right? The elderly people, the people on the fixed income is the most gross thing of all as it relates to property taxes. Here's one guy's story. Hi, Rob and Casey. We listen to your show. I'm a 77-year-old man this, this year. My neighbors are 80, 82, 88, and there's five of us. Rob uh, years ago, we we paid into Social Security. I get about $1,700 a month. And because of my property taxes so high now, it takes two months of my Social Security to pay my property tax and my neighbor's property tax, which they are five of us. Our property tax went up that much. 
I hope the Republican Party that voted himself $15,000 raise, I hope that people will wake up and vote these clowns out. And I hope McGee, lockdown McGee, does not get back in as senator or anything. He just moved himself on to China. So I'll talk at you later. Thank you. Oh. I, I'll make a deal here. If Holcomb would move to China, I will pay for the plane ticket. If he moves to China, will you run for governor? Because <laughs> I think there's some people who might pool their money together. Well, <laughs> yeah. Then you get two for, right? Buy one, get one free. You get me running for governor and Holcomb living in China. Yeah. But how about that sweet man who yeah. called and said it takes him two months worth of his fixed income from Social sure. Security to pay for his property taxes? Yeah, it's gross. Republicans in the state are gross, evil people. I mean, when you, and they know this is happening. They know this is going on. They're not naive to it. They know what's going on to that guy. And they they don't care. Like it is you are an evil person if you know you as the per, as a decider are hurting someone else and you don't do anything about it. And they found magically 1.5 billion dollars, Casey. And there's not a plan. There's not one person right down right now down at the now. Of course, they don't work on Fridays, so you know. Oh they, right, they're it, not making any decisions. Seventy or grand plans a year. Right now. They work three months and don't have to work on Fridays. I, I'm working. Are, you're working. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes, I'm working. I'm sure many of people in their cars right now driving to and from work. Here is one thing I would say that has been great about the um, no plan from the Republicans. Remember how mean Jim Lucas was to me for all those months. How do you know there's not a plan? Shock. Jock, you're not sitting in the room. Yeah, uh, Jim Lucas has been very quiet he about has. the uh, the name calling when it comes to the no plan because it appears there never was a plan. All right, uh, more people complaining about how the Indiana Republican Party is screwing them over on property taxes. Love you guys. This is Wayne Crispin. I live out in Decatur, seventy-two years old. They raised my property tax four hundred dollars a half. I make $1,700 Social Security. I've lived in this house almost 10 years, and I've paid almost $30,000 in property tax in 10 years. The house is a 1,400-square-foot house with a basement and an extra garage on an acre and a half, just a plain old no-frills house. I actually bought it as a bank-owned house, paid $110,000 for it, and the, and the next year they charged me 1500 a half. It's fraud. Imagine this. The people that are telling you what to pay for your property taxes are the people that are appraising your house, which you are paying 1%. Gee, that's... That sounds a pretty like a pretty good deal to me. I was thinking about this last night, Casey, and I was not following politics. I mean, I've always voted, but when the property tax caps were put in to place, like I wasn't intimately familiar with Indiana politics outside of being a an engaged voter. Um, 
But as I think back on it now, and at the time the property tax caps, air quotes, of course, they weren't real caps because there's referendums where the school corporation, anytime they want a new football field uh, or any other bright, shiny object, can just put it on the ballot and try to raise your taxes. So they're not real caps. And of course, they raised the sales tax when they capped your property tax. You didn't actually really get any property relief. They just shifted how you pay your taxes. But it was a pretty, I'm beginning to think that the people at the time were pretty maniacal people. Because they probably recognized, well, it'll take a while. But as long as we can keep the taxes based on assessments, we'll eventually get the taxes where we need to get them and back to where they were before. I'm, I'm beginning to think, because there's no way Mitch Daniels didn't know that. Mitch Daniels is a brilliant guy. And there's no way that Mitch Daniels was naive enough as governor of the state of Indiana to think, oh, I'm actually solving the property tax issue. The issue is that your property is taxed based on what somebody else did. Mm -hmm. There's no way that the Republicans at the time who took credit for doing all these great things for the people didn't actually know what they were doing, and that's why it's never changed. Well, okay, so in Wayne's case, you know, you had mentioned based on what somebody else did. He said that he's been in his home for 10 years. Yes. So I'm led to believe that there isn't new construction right next door. No. There's probably another home that's been around for a decade plus on his street Mm -hmm. within his neighborhood. Yet an assessor came out and said, you know what? Your house is now valued more. And and Wayne said it's a a pretty basic house. Mm -hmm. He didn't mention any extravagant improvements that he's Mm -hmm. done. So somebody came out and said, you know what? No. We're going to say your house is worth more now. Okay, Casey, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll play some more of these property tax voicemails. And I'm going to tell you a story of something that I learned that the government is doing in the community in which I lived that screwed every single taxpayer. And they've done it under the radar. And they're trying to get away with it because it's probably happening where you live as well on how they rigged the property tax system in their favor and screwed every single person in the process and now they're trying to screw the people in the community more i've put some things together over the last couple days and this is why casey even though we're told no one listens to our show the scientific ratings tell us that we are number one because of what i'm going to give to you Mm -hmm. when we come back you people are getting screwed and you don't even realize it (laughs) more voicemails on the way too it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc It is 1031. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That is the phone number, and we'll get to some more voicemails in just a minute. But you've been doing something besides hosting this award-winning, highly rated talk show, and besides job number two, which yes. you do in the evening, you're a busy guy, Rob. Yes, I am. You also have been investigating what's going on in your neighborhood. Yes, and so uh, last segment, we played more of the property tax voicemails of people who are getting completely screwed by the Indiana Republican Party, who now refuses, they've admitted they are refusing to do anything to help you with the property taxes. And one of the things that we have continued to say on this show is the system as it exists cannot be fixed. It is a totally flawed system, which was a system designed to screw you. That's what people need to realize, is the government created this system 
that is designed to screw you and designed to ensure that the government always comes before you. Think about the brilliance if you are a maniacal evil person to create a system in which you tax people on their home. They always have to pay the tax. Unless they're going to live at the Wheeler Mission, they're always going to have to pay the tax. If you're a renter, you got to pay it because the landlord is not eating the property tax, right? They're passing it on to you in your rent. If you live in the home, you're paying the tax. And the brilliance of these evil, maniacal people who masquerade as our lawmakers was they recognized we can always tax people and then we can play victim, which is what the Republican Party in a very disgusting, despicable fashion has tried to do for the past year as we've been telling you the tax increases were coming. Well, it's not our fault. Mm. We don't control the the uh, local governments. That's a local decision. We don't control the county assessors mm. as though the assessor grew out of an assessor seed <laughs> that was planted in the back of the county government seat. Mm -hmm. And an assessor sprung up and just robotically knew to start assessing and how to assess. The legislature sets the process by which assessors exist and how they assess. Somebody in the YouTube chat said that the Marion County assessor has been in for 12 years. He's a licensed RE broker. Wonder if he's getting a cut of any sales commissions or a cut of the valuation. Well, look, I don't know about any of that, but here's, I what, don't either. here's what I know, Casey. The idea, one, that you tax people on something that they don't monetize is disgusting. It doesn't happen anywhere else in our society. And it's happening deliberately here so that these lazy, cowardly do-nothings down the street from us at 200 West Washington, the Republicans, because they control everything, can gobble up this revenue for the angry red-shirted teachers and then go, hey, it's not us. And then magically find $1.5 billion. Yeah, absolutely. And not help you at all. So let me tell you a real-world example of how corrupt and evil this system is. And it's happening where I live. So I got a letter in the mail from my dear, dear friends, the Transparency Kings at the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. You may remember them. They're the ones currently who... Um, Remember, they lied about hiring, hiring the DEI, DEI officer. Yeah. And now they got a little problem with how uh, allegedly uh, special needs students are being treated to the point where they had to fire two teachers, three we more have get fired. Not, we have not talked about that on our show. Right. I know you mentioned that on Hammer and Nigel's yes. show. And we should get into that at some point. Yeah, so of course, you, you know, uh, of course, uh, two teachers have been fired for their uh, alleged treatment of a special needs student. Three more uh, may be fired. There's criminal investigations, apparently, uh, coming out of this. And so, um, you know, Brownsburg School Corporation, that's that's your that's your school. So got a little letter in the mail from the Transparency Kings over there saying that there's a, a public hearing involving a little project they're going to be doing, which affects where I live. And, uh, you know, I'm a naturally very inquisitive person. And so I started reading the documents. And it's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo that the average person government speak wouldn't understand. And they do that by design so that you can't object. And, well, what I found out, Casey, is uh, the school. Now, remember, we're told we can't do anything with property taxes because, well, the schools would might be hurt. And, well, we don't want to hurt the schools. In my little community where I live, Brownsburg Community School Corporation apparently has so much money 
that they can be paying market value for private homes for the express purpose of tearing those homes down and trying to build a roundabout near a quiet suburban street. So I got this and started looking at it and said, I'm going to mosey on down. And while well, the properties are listed there that they're going to be buying and tearing down, I'm just going to walk right up to those people and say, knock on the door. Hey, what's going on? Because I'm that kind of guy. And you know what they told me, Casey? What? I talked to one of those people and they were very nice and very friendly. And the first thing they told me was, they said, we didn't necessarily want to sell our home, but it was the government and we didn't believe we could fight the government. We'd lose eventually anyway. And so we just thought, well, we might as well do it because they're the government and they have unlimited resources. Um, and then the second thing they told us was the government, the school corporation, who you ask people like Jim Lucas, well, they're really going to be hurting if we help you with property taxes. They had so much money laying around yeah. that they were able to pay market rate. Now, that was the description the homeowner in question who sold it was very nice and friendly gave to me. Market rate for two homes that they're not, I mean, they're not going to use them for anything. They're just going to tear them down. And so I said, well, wait a second. I said, so when did this happen? Because the public hearing in front of the town is on Monday. Yeah. Which gave me just a, I just got the letter a week and a half before the public hearing. When did they buy these homes from you? What's the point of the public hearing? They've well, already purchased oh, the houses. Well, they need a little zoning change in order to tear these houses down and make them for the road. So now me and the people on our street who just found out about this a uh, week and a half ahead of time, mm -hmm. now we have to rearrange all of our schedules. Like, I've got to take off my other job yeah. and go to the public hearing. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. We don't have time to go all into it here and who did what. And it's going to be a really eventful uh, Monday evening at the at the Brownsburg Town Hall in front of the Planning Commission. Uh, but, Casey, you know when they, the school bought these homes? This is what the person told me? No. A year and a half ago. Oh. So for a year and a half... They... They've sat on that. And you know what they paid? Market rate. Yeah. Well, how do they assess homes, Casey, in the state of Indiana? <laughs> By how your neighbors are selling. By what your neighbors sold their home for. So me and every other person on my street mm -hmm. got a massive tax increase because, because the, the school... school bought the house a year and a half ago for the express purpose of tearing it down. The government used my money to buy these homes to tear them down and the government using my money at market rate increased the value of the homes that everybody gets taxed on more for, which goes back to the school corporation. I'm not going to use the term money funneling. I'm not going to use the term, uh, well, other words. Double dipping, triple dipping? <laughs> Just... And the Republicans are going to look at you and go, that's the system, man. This wasn't market. Timmy and Joni moved into the neighborhood and said, wow, we really love those houses. But that's kind of a high price you're asking for there, Mr. Uh, homeowner. We got to really negotiate on this. The school was like, we're the school. We have infinite money. Mm -hmm. Are you going to ask them if the money that they used to buy those houses a year and a half ago was COVID money? That's a great, which was also my money. What this system that these Republicans have put in place in this state sucks to a level wow. I can't even to begin to describe to you, Casey. I'm sorry, Rob. I, I can imagine that the uh, public hearing is going to be boisterous. Record and, it. And, and let's remember, 
a year and a half ago they knew they were going to do this, which involves major, major renovations and overhauls to the area in which all these people live. And because, again, Transparency Kings at Brownsburg uh, School Corporation, you know, the ones who lied about hiring the DE officer. These are, of course, the same people, too. The superintendent who uh, once claimed that kids could die in the hallways of an active shooter if they didn't raise taxes by $100 million. Also, same superintendent who once lied to the bus drivers that they could all be fired if they... Town, if he wasn't able to strong arm uh, tax increment finance money from the town. Uh, also, the same people who now apparently have a major issue with how they treat kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why they have all these problems, because they're too busy being manipulative and buying property under the radar and not telling people in the community, you know, why wouldn't you, Casey, if you're going to disrupt everybody's area, go hey, let's have a group meeting about this. Let's find out how we can win and you can win and we can protect the character of the area. No, these government entities- They just decided. They're cities, they're towns, they're schools, they're the state. I mean, we talked with Nikki Kelly the other day about how they ram the, at the state, they ram these bill, these language, the language in these bills in at the very end. So nobody has any time to read it or understand it or object to it or testify on it. These governments, cities, Towns, schools, state, they go out of their way to be as deceptive and as underhanded as possible, and they hate you. They will screw you in an instant if it means their little fiefdom continues to grow. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do we want to get to these phone calls, or do we, we need to leave time for Hammer? Well, let's get to one of them, because okay. we, we interviewed Rick Snyder earlier today yeah. about the two police officers who were tragically uh, shot yesterday. Thankfully, it looks like they're going to live and be okay, which is wonderful. Rick did a great interview with us uh, from the Indy, Indy Fraternal Order of Police, and um, just talked about the treatment of police in our society, and somebody called about that. Been listening to your broadcast. And it just makes me sick the way that police are uh, treated anymore. My gosh, all the news ever puts out is bad things about the police. They make sure that the police are made out to be bad guys. And all that does is create uh, problems for the police, and it creates danger for the police. I personally think there ought to be laws in place that if you strike a police officer, it ought to be a hate crime. You shoot a police officer. Hate crime. I think the maximum penalties ought to be done with no chance of uh, uh, reducing the charges or anything. There ought to just be flat out. You resist arrest, hate crime. Just, you know, it's time we start uh, lifting our police up. They do a heck of a good job. Mm, yeah, a dangerous job. Yeah, why aren't police protected class? Everybody else is a protected class. Why aren't they getting, you know, their no taxes like they want to do for the teachers? Yeah, great point. Yeah, great point. I'd love to have Eric Doden in here and ask him why why teachers uh, under his Eric Doden running for governor on mm-hmm. the Republican side has this big plan. No taxes for teachers. What about the police? What about the military? Yeah. Now, the military did get some help in the uh, new budget. So we're subsidizing the military uh, as taxpayers, which, you know, that, that's OK. I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. Um all right, Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 1049, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer's in the studio. How you doing today? 
You know, a lot of people always ask me, when am I going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft? And when am I going to become the next top supermodel? But I'm doing great, Casey. I'm doing fantastic. Rob's here. Rob seems like he's in a good mood. You look like a million damn dollars. And I don't know who that is. (laughs) That's Ryan. He's filling in for Kevin today. Ryan's looking at me like he wants to hurt me. No, Ryan's a good guy. <laughs> Ryan's a Hendricks County product. It's fine. He'll be fine. I mean, he went to Avon, so we won't hold that against him, but that's, that's all right. Uh, speaking of um, people being fine, people who are not fine are the people of Marion County because, once again, it was another day where the lunatics won, and uh, you get these you know crocodile tears from Joe Hogshead, who is a major uh, part of the equation of why our city is in such bad shape. Casey, remind me again what the mayor of Indianapolis dubbed the city. Oh, you mean our new branding that we're going to put on t-shirts? Yes. Illicit Marketplace of Death. Illicit Marketplace of Death. So if you're listening at Visit Indy right now, if you're one of the folks over at you know Visit Indy or maybe the Indy Sports Corp, I want to see merch over there at the Shop Indy. Welcome to Indy, Illicit Marketplace of Death. And you know who should be the spokesperson is the Merchant of Death. That Victor Boot guy. Victor Boot. Because he's back he's out. out of, he's out of prison. We should have the Merchant of Death be the spokesperson for the Marketplace of Death. He wrote Trump a letter recently, <laughs> like telling them that he was actually concerned about his well-being. <laughs> but like seriously, because this is a serious subject, yesterday was the wild, wild west here in central Indy. And I can't just say Indianapolis because even... Parts of the north side, technically out of Marion County, had some action. There was a lewd new dude in the news yeah. up there shooting people near like the the car dealer lot and the bowling alley. And and I hate that, that he was shooting at people because, you know, lewd new dude in the news is my favorite Hammer and Nigel segment. But that can't be my favorite if you're shooting at somebody. I mean, I need a, a man running down the street or a, a guy in the Taco Bell drive through Treating his body like an amusement yeah, park. Yeah. I need something funny. Yeah, shooting is not feces. funny. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but Joe Hogsett coming out yesterday. Now, this was after the assistant chief of police, uh, Bailey, Chris Bailey, came out. And normally, that guy's pretty, you know, mild-mannered, at least when it comes to the media. Yes. I don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but when it comes to the media, he's a pretty even-keeled dude. He was fired up yesterday. He said he was fed up, and I'm sure he was holding back. And that's the sentiment that so many officers have in this city, because they feel like they're not getting any support from the leadership of the city, whether that comes from Vop Osley, the city county council, the prosecutor's office with Ryan Mears, who just won re-election, and Joe Hawkset, boss Hawkset, who's up for election this November. You look at those three folks right there calling the shots, and 200-plus homicides have become the norm in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, let's switch gears here. You told me yesterday on the uh, award-winning Off the Rails segment on Hammer and Nigel that you opened your uh, property tax bill. Oh, yes. Um, Casey, do you have a napkin over there? Do you have a tissue of some kind? Yes. Okay. Because I'm going to need to wipe the blood from my anus uh, after looking at my giving. property tax <laughs> hike. What happened? It's up $800. Eight hundred damn dollars, and we haven't done anything to the house. Right, I can I can vouch for that. I've been over to his house many times. There's a lot that needs to be done, but he has done nothing. I got to fix the privacy fence. I mean, sometimes the grass goes a couple weeks without being cut. We're busy people, <laughs> and it's up eight hundred dollars, man. And it's not like 
you know, I live, you know, in a regular house. Yeah. I'm not like I'm living in some castle somewhere. Yeah. This is ridiculous. You guys have lived in that house for a long time, too. And it's an old house. Like, yeah. we kind of have that whole Dallas South Fork thing going on yeah. because we live on a corner lot. Mm-hmm. And then a couple houses down is Crystal's mom. Yep. And soon to be down that block will be Chris's house. Yeah. That uh, he'll be moving into at the end of the year. And we're doing the same thing on our street. Uh, my goal is to buy up that entire street. I'm going to build a giant wall around it so the school corporation can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this They're is the time of the closer year. closer and closer. This is that time of the year where you're starting to hear all the stories of the teachers starting to get squirrely and pushing their politics on kids. It's been a long year. There's a lot of things I'm hearing right now. Not quite ready to talk oh. about it yet. But uh, we'll get there. Is uh, is your boy, because he's the class president. Yes. And school's winding down. On his last day, when he steps out of Beach Grove High School, will he extend uh, both hands in the air with two fingers up uh, like Richard Nixon as he leaves? And does he get a helicopter like Nixon got? Well, he might stick two fingers up, but it'd be more like Kid Rock uh, going on the stage, I would believe. Uh, here's the thing. So I believe as the class president, he gets to make a little speech at graduation. Oh. So I think we should all put a poll together. Yes. Like, if we get enough money in there, will he deliver the whole speech either as Joe Biden <laughs> or will he pull a Fetterman? Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> right. And just walk off the stage. Eight. E-I-G-H. <laughs> right. Should sprinkle in all sorts of Bidenisms throughout the speech. <laughs> For every Bidenism, somebody has to like donate a hundred dollars <laughs> to the Chris uh the Chris Hammer uh scholarship fund. That's a pretty big honor though to get to be the class president. I almost ran to be class president just so I could give the speech at graduation. <laughs> and I was told that the administration had already decided at the time. If you win, we will we will axe the president for being able to give the speech at at graduation. So I thought, well, what's the point of going through all that work if I don't get to tell people what to think? I want it twice, by the way, twice. Yeah. I do have to tell you, I am a bit jealous because you and your family and your wife and everybody they're going to be there most likely at an auditorium or a theater or someplace at the school, and all the students will be able to walk across the stage. They'll have their tassel. They'll have their robes. They'll hear the wonderful speech from your son, and as a group, they can all collectively graduate and have a wonderful event and. I'm I'm happy for you, but I'm also jealous because, you know, our governor shut down the schools when my kid was doing that, that life experience. Hmm. But it was noble. So can I come to, to his graduation? Can I? This is my way of saying, can, can I come? Like, let's let's tailgate. Let's just walk in yeah. there all hammered, drunk like Shooter and Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stumble across the court. Fit right in there in Beach Grove. How would anybody know? <laughs> hey, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, biggest stories of the day, Beer Sample Friday, and Matt Bear and myself and Nigel, we're all going to eat pudding like Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Three fingers. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.